Middle cough. Heavy hate. All right, John, here we are live on the tube and another podcast recording on a uh, May day, a middle, just a beautiful sunny day. Uh, and it's great to be here. Great to be here. Great to be streaming again. Great to be podcast recording again. What else could you ask for? Great to be alive, guy. It really, It's every day that you get up, you're breathing, your eyes open, and you get an opportunity an opportunity to get once one percent better guy one percent better yep if i if i hear a player or a coach say that one more time i might lose it one percent better yeah tell you this i can only be positive this week because uh you know this week is it's a big week for g john you know what g is no i don't what's that golf it's a big (laughs) golf we've got you, you got your pga for those of us for those of you listening you got your pga 2020 hat on I got my PGA Harding Park 2020 hat on, too. I bought this hat last year before the uh, PGA Championship, and I thought it was going to be a collector's item. It wasn't going to be a golf tournament. And there was, and it was really cool. And this year's looks, I'm just watching some uh, some highlights, some clips from Kiowa. It looks pretty fantastic. So, Yeah, we don't do free ads here. Uh, they're actually pretty expensive. The rate's going up. Yeah. The, but, but Kiowa but, Resort? But- Oh, you guys! Uh, fanatics. They, they, I think I got my hat from there. They do whenever they, they must have me know that like an, a big event. It's like oh, Super Bowl gear, or PGA Championship, or Masters gear. It's like they've gotten me a couple times on like Instagram. It's like yeah. oh, you know, I'll dabble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't become the owner of an NBA team because your product doesn't know how to uh, target ads. At no, people. and then I'm just like, I'm, it's not like I'm a Yankee fan. I'm like, I'll take that Yankee hat. You know, That's it's sweet. like oh, Car- Cardinal shirt. Boom. Oh, uh, golf shirt. Boom. <laughs> Did you say Cardinals shirt? Well, I'm just saying, like, you'll just see things. You're like, I'd wear that, you know, like in the summer, you know? Yeah. Cardinals they, shirt. They, I, I'm just, I didn't buy that, but I bought a couple, like, PGA Tour, just kind of golf shirts that I would never, ever have got if it wasn't just on Fanatics. I, yeah. I, I mean, Instagram targeted ads high on the list. When you're at live event shopping is some of the most dangerous shopping that a person can do. You know, like you and I went to when we went to Pebble, it's a huge tent. The prices are all extraordinarily high. It's stuff that you think like, oh, you're not you're not selling the tent a huge. It is fucking gigantic. Well, the PJ event. Yeah, that was huge. I was thinking even I remember going to Omaha for the College World Series in 2008. It was like, oh, I need five different shirts and I need four different hats. That's a sweet one. That's a sweet one. I want to remember this day for the rest of my life. And then you get home. You're like, wait, 80 percent of my shirts are just say like College World Series Omaha. This (laughs) this ain't going to work. You know, no, (laughs) I got at when we were at Pebble, I got a. tiger mock neck which felt so cool at the time u.s open pebble beach you know short sleeve Mm -hmm. just that but it's like i think i've worn it one time it's actually not i would have been better off just getting like a nike polo shirt with the logo it'd be more likely just throw it on right now when are you really gonna wear that you kind of got to be in tip-top shape it's it just felt cool and it looks sweet at the time but it just sits in my closet again stadium or event purchases I don't know what it is. I don't know what you about how, big how that, it, that tent was massive. That tent was yeah. I mean to call it a tent was it was a facility. It was, a, it'd be art, like if a, you were a temporary facility. Yeah, you, it'd be like if you were shopping in a major city at a Nike outlet. Like it was enormous. Outlet shopping is another great example. I think it's the same psychology. Uh, well, maybe it's a little different. Outlet shopping, you think you're getting a deal. I think it is the same because I consistently come with shitty stuff from the outlet. There's just an like, urgency to a live event. Yeah. And um, you're like, I didn't need two different hats from the same event. You know? No. 
I don't know what that is. Maybe that could be something you can put in your next. Don't forget, everybody, the mailbag coming back again this week, as it always does. Go on iTunes, leave a review in that review. Five stars. Leave us a question. Maybe you could even include on the YouTube. You could include it. Uh, maybe DM us on Instagram, whatever, you know, uh, bad purchases event over overstocking event purchases. Uh, I'll tell you the hat I'm wearing right now is is one like I like it. It's a PGA 2020 Harding Park, but it doesn't fit well. I don't know what this brand is. Yeah. Something with an A. A the brand is A head. You know one move that consistently happens at like a live event type thing? You do find the one shirt, you're like, that's pretty badass. They don't have your size. And then you then you talk yourself into like, you know, I'll just get a bigger size or you know, I'll drop a couple pounds and get the smaller size. And then you realize, no, your body's your body, and that fucking thing's never gonna fit, and you just wasted seventy seven dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah. The, to, me, to me, the the one the people that impress me the most with their uh, event purchase is is jacket. If you buy a jacket at an event, it's like three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. So if you go jacket, windbreaker, anything like that, you know, umbrella. I, if you need an umbrella, fine, cool. Yeah, I, I would say if you go to like a major golf tournament, if you can get the right, they do have some sweet like pullover jacket type stuff, right? Because all the major brands are there. I mean, it's basically. That has to be a pretty good job if you are like the Peter Millar rep who just is in charge of making sure that like the the main, you know, the golf tournaments have your stuff just because you get to go to the tournament for free. That's right. probably pretty stressful. I'd be fascinated to know what that job slash pay slash like the stress level or is it easy? I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, you're always fighting for the for the top, you know, hangers or whatever. Anyway, yeah, the real estate. Yeah, the real estate. Um, by the way, DraftKings game. We got one going this week. Uh, it's almost full. The Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League. I actually went in today just for fun to uh, organize the league by uh, on the money list. John, some there somebody has made over a thousand dollars. I think second place is over nine hundred dollars on the money list because this has been going a year, about a year that we've been playing like the PGA. Championship I think a little. Last I year. think a little under because of May last year Corona. I don't think PGA. Well, you're right. I guess the PGA June. Championship got moved back. You're right. So the money list is there. We're both top 15, I think, on the money list. So You have uh, some free time on your hands this morning. I, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting at the desk. Uh, I just wanted to check things out. But the reason I bring it all up, there are two, two games got created because there was a little hiccup. The, one game is going to die on the vine. We're not promoting that game. So if you're gotcha. in that other game where there's like 10 people, jump to the jump to the larger game with more people in it. That's the game that, that, um, you know, that we're nourishing. Yeah, uh, because DraftKings is a blast. Yeah, download the app. Use the promo code HAM. You know, basketball, NBA playoffs this weekend. There are eight games uh, for the next. We're live on YouTube, but if you listen on the podcast, maybe you hear this on Wednesday. There are four games. I don't know if everyone knows. I mean, I know we know the one Warriors Lakers, but there are other games going down. Uh, did you know that the uh, that the Hornets made the playoffs? I did not. They're in the playoffs tonight against uh, the Pacers. But that or no, but, excuse me. They're playing someone else. The Wizards are playing the Pacers. The playoffs start tonight. I don't even know before the <laughs> playing game. I did hear PFT commenters say so. The playing games are the playoffs, right? Are we counting those as the playoffs? Uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm already lost now. Uh, but here's the deal, John. You Charlotte, to, Indiana, Washington, Boston. Oh, uh, you go to DraftKings right now. You get the app. Use the promo code Ham. You sign up. You get a free shot at up to ten thousand dollars in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Every day. Plus, they have the DraftKings pools. DraftKings pools are free to enter. They're easy to enter. You just download the app. You go to the pools 
were. You click on pools, choose from a wide variety, a wide variety of free contests and opportunity to win cash prizes. Yep, so, download the app, promo code HAM. Do it now. Get in that, get in that. We appreciate that. Uh, and uh, if you have any trouble, you can always DM us to try and get in the – make sure you're in the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings. Once you're in that league and you're quote-unquote friends or whatever they call it in DraftKings, then you get all the invites when our game goes out. Because some people say, I didn't see the invite. I didn't get in in time. When you're in the league, the invite goes to you the second the uh, the game gets created. So fire and up Haberman on that. is never bashful on invites. No. We, you, we, you're, you're, once you once we start a game, you'll get about five invites. Yeah, that's right. Once you're in, you're, <laughs> once you're in the, the the circle of trust, you're in the circle of trust. Yeah. Uh, it's like the opposite of an exclusive golf club, where they don't even put how much it costs to get in on the website. You know, it's like call Terry. This yeah. is the opposite. This is tell you doesn't cost you. Just come have some fun. We, we have I remember when Jay Z talked about the forty forty club in a song, and ESPN on the screen paid a grip for those jeans. I was like, I bet the forty forty club is badass. You probably just randoms ain't getting in there, especially sitting where you want to sit, right? Yeah. Yep. Long line outside. <laughs> yeah. People not getting in. Yeah. Uh, we also, you and I were going back and forth. We'll, we'll probably make a separate video for our, our uh, MyBookie picks for this week. MyBookie.ag, uh, promo code HAM1. They'll match that first deposit 50% up to 1000 bucks. You can also decline the bonus because if you accept it, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. But either way, use HAM1. That way, uh, they know we sent you... The Warriors, have you looked at the Warriors line? Uh, it, I, I looked about an hour ago when we were getting the show ready. They, they were plus 170, so $100 wins you 170. I think the line was four and a half or five. Four and a half. It opened at seven, I think. It went to four and a half really fast. I think I saw Ethan Wright, or maybe just opened at four and a half. Yeah, Strauss talked to the head, one of the guys Ankle in charge. Ankle guy, yeah. Which guy? Some ankle expert. Yeah, no, but he also talked to one of the betting guys and uh, the head of one of the sports books who told him, like, I don't understand why people are betting on the Lakers as much as they are. Because he rolled his ankle on Sunday as well. Again, yeah. Anyone that, you know, I, I guess high ankle sprains happen a little bit in basketball. It's, I've always said it's crazy it doesn't happen more often. Just guys shatter ankles like Gordon Hayward, let alone. Well, they're coming from like so how high, they're so high in the air. They're going so fast. How LeBron James has one career high ankle sprain. Clay's is injury insanity. to me is shocking, right? Like the clay, the, the game injury, not the Achilles, yeah. but the knee. That that play doesn't On happen On the dunk, more. 100%. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I, 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 I would hesitate betting on the Warriors just because LeBron is kind of a cyborg and clearly they're better. But plus 170, it is kind of tasty. But to me... The best betting event of the weekend, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, golf majors. It's there. There is so many tasty lines, guy. So many tasty lines. And it might be my favorite bet of the year just because we've been locked in so much on guys' odds that you can really feel like we talked about the players. When Justin Thomas was 18 to 1, it's like, bro, this guy's been 8 to 11 to 1 since we've been doing this. DJ right now, weird going on, but when's the last time Dustin Johnson's been 18 to 1 in a big golf tournament? Like that's you you talk about value. This is a guy who's typically 9 to 1, somewhere between 9 and 11 to 1. So you're just getting like that's pretty crazy. And to me, Finau is a guy who's been pretty consistently, I'd say 22 to 30 range is 40 to 1. Yeah. That's since we've been doing this, that's the best odds I remember Tony Finau being. Since we've been yeah. talking gambling, I, I've been all. I think Finau is going to win eventually. I haven't. He doesn't have the momentum in my body that he's had for a while. Or I just feel really good about him. But why not? Why not? Where Tony? can you? He's where, so where, 
Yeah, $100 wins you 4000 And he's been good at me. He hasn't won, but he's been good in majors. I mean, DJ, give me – the only thing I need to know about DJ is what's up – is the knee a real thing or if not, even if it's kind of real, 18-1 to might make some sense to take him, although I don't know. One thing I heard somebody say today before we get to some football could – throw you off if he's even have a minor knee issue i guess it's not a very flat course. like it's not an easy course to walk kiwa it's gotcha. also not it's not flat it's a hard walking course so prayers up for the caddies who carry 40 pound bags uh and it's windy you know headwind bag just a thought dj I, it may not be the you know now it's supposed to be warm so if you're dealing with something like dj might be it's supposed to be in the 70s it's supposed to be comfortable in that regard but longest course in pga tour history 7800 yards yeah. like that's 78, 76, av- almost 79. If you're an average golfer, like 7,000 is really long. 7,800, that, that's insane. Ron, John, like that, 78, for P- 76. It's closer to 7,900 than it is to 7,800. That's an insane amount of length, especially when you factor in a lot of these holes are going to be into the wind. This thing is, I will be stunned if a guy who's not considered one of the longer hitters, you know, all the top guys are, but the Finaus, the... You know, just there's not many, like a lot of guys, you know, the longer odds guys, typically they're not hitting it as far. Like Gary Woodland, yeah. who, you know, Played. we went we went to Pebble. What tough conditions, cold, windy, you got to hit it far, you got to be a grinder. 100 to 1. He he had a good first round in, tw- in 2012 in Rory Run at this event. Gary Woodland was, I think, top five after one round, and then he shot in the 70s, the rest of the thing. Keegan Bradley, 80 to 1. He's played well, Keegan. right? And st- I think statistical models have him 80 to 1. Like he there, puts there well on the pass, pa, pa, pass Papalum, John. <laughs> the Vince Papali is the name of the – it's called Papali, Vince Papali grass. It pass, is, one of, those, it is pass, one of those courses when you just see some of the aerial shots, you're like, that probably place is really hard. But it, when you're there, it would be like, this is pretty cool to just be out there. Yeah, it looks awesome. Especially those courses. You know, we're used on the West Coast, a, a beach course that's warm is not what we're used to. Like, oh, look at the water. But it's 80 mile an hour winds and it's yeah. freezing cold. Let me get a hoodie and rain pants on. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Get your gamble on. All right. A lot of uh, a lot of stuff to get to today. Some NFL, some, I mean, some other things, uh, general NFL, some Niner stuff. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube, uh, like the video. If we got a podcast in the description, if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't checked out the YouTube yet, uh, go do that. The way it works when we're doing a podcast, which is what this is, a lot of comments that we can get to at the back end of the video. So keep them pouring in, and we can always um, we can always peel back to to that stuff later. Also, we do some live streams that aren't podcasts, so that's an incentive for those of you who only listen to the podcast. Those things can or whatever or whatever is what they are. So it's all whatever Just, we want it to be because you know what you're looking at the company. Here we, this yeah. is it. This is the squad. <laughs> what you're looking at. Well, actually, we got a few people working on. Grinding on some other things in the background, but yeah, in terms of uh, you know, people getting insurance from the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast, this is it. Hello, good to be here. I All need, right, I John, need get, I need to get my knee checked out. That's I just do not want to have MCL surgery. Good thing, good thing the company's got good insurance. Yeah, I know, but you know, I, I, I can I don't want to be on crutches for a month. Talk about a guy that could gain 20 pounds quick. All right, John. Well, speaking of which, uh, you know, there's a real conversation to be had around a fun conversation, which is Jimmy Garoppolo's arrival at um, the 49ers facility this week. The photo of him arriving in the parking lot. 
came out and there was some question about whether or not Jimmy had, you know, put on any weight uh, since he was last, uh, you know, around the team. What'd you, what'd you think? Yeah. I mean, as a guy who's fluctuated, you know, give or take the last two years, probably 25 pounds, you know, I, I will never, ever shame someone for eating and enjoying eating. And if I was Jimmy Garoppolo, good looking guy, uh, who probably, I'd guess, you know, conservatively just ha- would have 30 mil in the bank just sitting there, let alone the revenue streams coming, right? He's just ton of cash. Back to good looking guy, could have for the last six months, a lot of stress, a lot of weird things going on, just had people, f- chicks, feeding him cheeseburgers and sushi and living the good life. You, you see that tan? Like, he's a dark Incredible guy. Incredible tan. He, tans, he had a tan imagine, where it yes. looked like he just sat in a hammock being fed by two naked chicks, sushi. I cannot hold him accountable for putting on, you know, what looked like. He's he's not necessarily a skinny guy, but he looked a little chubby. Uh, so I, I, I do not chubby shame because deep down I'm kind of a chubby guy myself. Uh, same with you. Husky is what uh, my mom used to call it when she'd order that size out of the JCPenney catalog for me in my, uh, you know, 9, 10, 11 year old range. They just they called the size Husky. That's what my mom ordered. You know, I look at him. Uh, we're kind of we're going to get to a real conversation. We're kind of, ha- you know, this is tongue in cheek here. I think a haircut would go a long way. Like, I don't know if you notice watching the Giants, the first place team, in the NLS, but Buster Posey always has a very clean like it almost looks like a zero. Very tight, and it just looks fresh. Buster's looks refreshed because he took a year off. But uh, the, bumps. the haircut helps. I think a haircut would help Jimmy here, and maybe the barber is coming to the team facility anyway, so you you wait. Also, John, it's May. It's the second week of May for voluntary workouts. He's just here for the bag alert. He's here for the 600K, and, you know, he does have a job to win because they just drafted Trey Lance. But, I mean, what are we really talking about here? Even if the photo is not distorting, even if he has added a few LBs, I would imagine Jimmy Garoppolo pretty quickly can shed a few if he had to. The good news, chest looks good, uh, smiling. That's what I want. I want him in the right mindset for a competition here, John. And, uh, you know, hopefully Well, if I'm him, I'm like, well, guys, the 49ers are literally paying me $600,000 to come and get in shape. Why, why would I come in shape? I'm being paid you know what to show he up and then get in shape. What, what, what should I have done? I want to get in better shape. So I ate and I enjoyed life. Like, listen, life's too short. It could end at any moment. Kyle Shanahan once said, we might not make it till Sunday. I'm still here. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say, even if the angle, I, I do think you can tell he's a little thicker. Now, I, you know, a little dad bod vibe, but as I forwarded it to uh, a female last night, she said he still looks pretty good. Like, he, I don't think he's, like, hurting, right? It's no. not like girls are going to turn the dude down, Here, but, like, he's getting paid six hundred grand to, to tone it up. You know who was coming to the facility already in shape? Juwan Who's James. That? How'd that work out for him? Hmm? Uh, Jimmy well, knows. I, 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 got, I got a lot of money riding on this thing. I can't afford a non-football injury because I'm working out my my non-sanctioned gym. I work out at the facility because I'm smart. So good move by Jimmy on that. Now, one problem with football on kind of a serious note, it's like, you know, when you feel like, God, I've probably put on like five or 10, you just avoid the scale. When you show up at that job, it's like one of the first things you do when you check in is like, let's hit the scales, right? Cause you just, you're going to monitor progress. So if they, they have all your information. So if you do show up, like, like, whoa, Jimmy, <laughs> you know, it, it does, you know, 
he th- that is one thing that like you know beat, Trey Lance looked you know pretty slim and tight. Now I think Jimmy would say, well, he's twenty. Shit, I at twenty, we're all I was skinny at twenty. I also I, and I also think like I so you told me you saw a picture of Brooks Kepka on Tuesday that made him look fat. I saw a picture of Brooks Kepka that made him look really. I thought he'd because I, I said to you, I think he's lost weight, and you're like, I saw a photo that made him look big. Whatever. Uh, you know, so we're kind of having fun with this. The real conversation, though, and I do think there's a real conversation this kind of highlights, is just that this is a pretty, this is a really bright, for all the bright lights on Trey Lance, there's also a very bright spotlight on Jimmy Garoppolo. And for all the experience he got being around Tom Brady, this is different than anything Tom ever experienced, right? Tom's job, t- Tom's job was discussed, but it was never threatened. Even, well, the, even the one time it was asked after that a beatdown on national television, I think Albert Breer wrote, like, has there been any thought about benching Tom or something? And Bill was like, next question. Remember that? Do yeah. you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it's just that that is what he's never experienced. Honestly, guys, since you and I have been doing this, we started doing the show, I guess, after Alex and Kaepernick. But you had said before the podcast, you're right. Like, Alex's job was not threatened to come in a training. Like, it was his starting job. And the one guy that we lived through a little bit when Derek won the starting job, but Matt Schaub was a shot fighter. Like, he was an, He had just had the season where he threw all those pick sixes. Even Andy Dalton, like, no one... I mean, Andy Dalton might take himself seriously, and he makes $10 million, but no one takes him seriously. Like, Jimmy was the starting quarterback for a Super Bowl team, Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that, he does have some pelts on the wall, and it's like Belichick, like more than most guys in this given situation. And he's not an old player, right? He's going, maybe I'm a little chubby, but I'm 29 years old. Well, I think I went back this morning and looked at some of his game logs from just 2019, and I just started flipping through a few games. And first of all, he was good. Right. He was pretty good. Uh, The games that really got everybody's attention were the postseason games when he was not great. Right. Well, he only he only threw eight balls in uh, the Packer game. Right. Eight pass attempts. Yeah. Total. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably go down as an NFL record for a team that won a championship game. Do you think a team? I mean, honestly, it's you probably more likely to win a win than you would be in a loss in a loss. You probably would. Not well, attempt yeah, that never I, I I don't think moving forward. I bet if we did a research project, get Dubow on that. When's the last time a winning quarterback in a playoff game through eight attempts in the last like couple decades? Probably no chance. Right? But but yeah, I would argue. I don't think you have to put the winning game filter on it. I I'd be I'd think you'd be hard Just pressed to find game. anybody. Yeah, I think you'd be hard you, pressed. You probably to find have anybody. to go back to the to the eighties or something, right? Uh God, I. I feel like you might maybe have to like go a game back. that was a sleet and you just ran it every play. I mean, I, yeah, I'm that's a good like call. Yeah, I'm not, talking more like eighty one, not a West Coast sunny game. Eighty one is forty years ago, but you're right. I think weather would be a factor. But I just the the point is, you're right. I mean, he's it's hard to find guys in his position to begin with in kind of that middle ground of the NFL. Let alone to find guys who is kind of in that middle world. Their team drafted a quarterback, top three, whatever. But I do believe the coach when he says this guy's our starting quarterback right now, which of course, how could he not be? So it's pretty unique. I, you know, he, he, the stuff he learned from Tom maybe applies here in terms of just observing a guy who just puts is under a lot of pressure every week. Um, but it's pretty unique and, and, it, and the competition hasn't really even started yet. Right. To Kyle Shanahan's point, he said it a few times, like 
this is Jimmy's the starter. There's not this. The competition hasn't. There's going to be a competition at some point, but this ain't it well, yet. Well, I, the Rams tweeted out they're clearly on the field right now. Stafford was throwing to Cooper Cup. Once they get on the field, it will be a big deal when they're both standing next to each other. And I think when we use the Kaepernick analogy or the car analogy or just those examples, those guys were second round picks, right? And I think typically high in the first round, and we've, you, we've talked about this for a while, it's usually terrible teams. So unless you are like cooking the books, right? You're like, Carson Palmer's going to sit behind Kitna or so-and-so is going to sit behind whoever. That when you have the number three overall pick and your team's good, it's just a rare sit- And your starting quarterback, your incumbent guy has had a, I mean, took you to the Super Bowl, which is almost unheard of for a lot of the type guys in Jimmy's position. It's really just, I feel it's kind of an outlier situation. Just the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's kind of unprecedented in my mind of what's given the expectations, given that, you know, I, I, they're not lying when they say, like, we can win with Jimmy. But it's like, does anyone really want to watch Jimmy? And how long's Kyle's rope with Jimmy? That's the, we don't really know. That's part of it. That's the other part of it. What you just Jimmy, said. How Jimmy much? was benched a couple times last year. Now, granted, he was limping around, but it was like, Kyle's like, get out of here. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the, I think that's the other part is like, does he, there is, it wasn't that long ago that he, that everybody wanted to see Jimmy. And now we're at the point where all anyone you want to see is Trey Lance. And Jimmy Garoppolo's got to look back at that, you know, at that 2019 season and go, do you guys forget how many games I had where, I, like, I was a 70% passer? Now, he did throw some picks, right? Alex, that's one factor is interceptions can accelerate. If you don't throw interceptions and your team wins, there's really nothing you can, anyone can say. You know, Alex didn't throw picks. Well, that's why Alex, like, they were locked to make the playoffs every year in Kansas City because... People are like, he's not throwing touchdowns to the wide receivers. Well, yeah, he doesn't throw any interceptions. They have a good defense. They're winning like 11 games a year pretty easily, right? If he had thrown, if he had doubled his interception count, they'd probably lose two or three more games every year, right? Yeah. And Garoppolo threw 13 picks on, with a great deep, with a top one or two defense in 2019. Now, I, you know, a couple, couple games, just thinking off my head, he had a multiple pick games, like the Seattle Monday night game. I was there. Right, so if you have a couple multi-pick games, that could just add up fast, right? If you have two, yeah, two I mean, pick look, games, he had four. Uh, I mean, he never went back. He went back-to-back games without a pick once that year. Yeah, he turns them all over. Now, like and I, I went like back and watched too. some of the Steelers game this morning. Like his first pick was it was a screen to Breda, and Breda just couldn't handle. It was a perfect pass. It bounced out of his hands to T.J. Watt. The second one, the second pick was. Basically, on a slant, he trusted Dante Pettis to win, threw it uh, into like, you know, both guys were 50-50, and it bounced off of him, and Minka Fitzpatrick picked it off. So, you know what's crazy about that Pittsburgh game? They had like two interceptions and like two or three fumbles in the first half yeah. and still won well, the game on the road. Well, because Roethlisberger was out, right, and they had uh, Mason turned it over Mason, a bunch. I re- week I one, they had two pick sixes against Jameis they, 2019. <laughs> Yeah, it went pretty well. So here is Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy benefited for sure. I I do remember thinking like the Steelers, they're trading a first round pick with their quarterback out for making the idiots. And the first time that was his I debut, think it was like his was first his game. game. He's like pick sixes, making sweet tackles. I'm like, God damn, this guy's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think they regret that one? No. Nope. No. Anyway, so that's it, you know the thing about how he looks when he shows up. Whatever. It is just a highlight, and you said it well. I think once you get the two of them on the field together. 
then there's really going to be, um, there's really going to be yeah, conversation. I, I, just, I just think you're really going to feel it when also the one thing in practice that can happen is if Trey gets a rep with the real good players and it's like, damn, did you see Trey Lance to Debo Samuel? Or damn, did you see Trey Lance on that rollout 70-yard bomb across his body back across the field to Brandon Ayuk? To Julio. Or, or, or if George Kittle just slips up and be like, God, Trey Lance looked good out there today. Yeah. Just something like that. People yeah. will be like, damn. What's going to happen? It, it feels – but it just – me, that's Jimmy's the, playing well. But it's like, oh, Jimmy's playing well too. We're good. Right. But if Jimmy's having one of those days, which he's had before, where it's like three straight days with a pick six, you know, it's like, oh. Well, it's going to be – well, he's going against the ones, right? You'll have that conversation too. By the, the way – one thing the, the one thing Jimmy's had since he's been here – it's his practices, and maybe it's like this in every market, are just very polarizing. Like they do evoke, like, are we in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, it 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 felt like that two years ago, definitely. Um, on YouTube, Ducks Stars says there was the play the Tebow playoff game. I just looked. Tebow had nine completions in one of his two playoff games, but he threw the ball. I think one of the games was twenty plus attempts. It it wasn't as few attempts as Jimmy had, but there was the Tebow, you know, whatever that's it was not, like that's, nine of twenty two or something completion percentage. To, to me, nine of twenty two, and that's a good nugget. It's not even close to eight total attempts. Yeah, yeah no, right? no, no. I just the reason I brought it up is because I the question was, well, how many did Tebow throw? And Tebow was uh, nine of twenty six actually, but that was twenty six attempts in that game. But it was a good thought. Because I did one three, th- three times the attempts, more than three times. Yeah, and it was Tebow. Think about that. He did lose forty-five to ten to New England. Bloodbath. I After think he Bill was ten was to twenty-one. No, I don't think Bill was worried about that game. John sleepnumber.com slash ham right now. You save a thousand bucks on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed during the Memorial Day sale only at Sleep Number Stores. Or go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Guy, I went to bed last night at 9 o'clock. Woke up Woo! this morning about 5.45. Just felt great. You know why? Because quality sleep, it increases energy and focus. People who get quality sleep have more energy. Well, guess what? I have a sleep number bed. I get better quality sleep than most who don't. Uh, positive moods. Look how positive my mood is. I, I'm in a great freaking mood. Why? Slept well. Good quality sleep positively, positively affects emotional well-being. I... I I, if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I couldn't, I would back that statement up every day of the week and 50 times on Sunday. I, I am a complete uh, in line with that line of thinking because it's true. You sleep better, you think better, you feel better, you're more positive, you're more productive. World your oyster. Uh, absolutely. Seven to nine hours, get that good REM sleep, John. That's essential. Oh. Maybe you cut out the caffeine post one o'clock. I mean, as we're recording this, it's one o'clock. I would love to have another. I might have a little this afternoon, but not too late. I, I try to limit. I don't do it after four. Chugging water today. You combine, to me, there's two things. You combine some good sleep with with early morning hydration sensations, and uh, you're going to be great. So here you go. Yeah. Right now, save a 1000 bucks on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed during the Memorial Day sale. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year. 
plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. So I mentioned Julio, just kind of kidding around, but uh, let's talk about Julio for real, John. Every time somebody mentions him, and, and Matt Ryan was asked about him this week and said, I wouldn't, you know, basically I'm paraphrasing, I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for Julio Jones on my team. But Peter King's written about it. Rap Sheet's tweeted about it. There is just a lot of, there was some momentum on a post-June 1 trade of Julio. The Falcons don't have a ton of cap space. Obviously, they're paying Matt Ryan they're going to have to transition soon to another quarterback. And so people feel like Julio off an injury, 32 years old, now's a good time to trade him. I think we can go through kind of the things you like about him, the things that would concern you about Julio Jones right now. But from a Niners perspective, Julio and a Niner, are you open-minded to the possibility? Yeah, I mean, I, I would lean no. I I, I, uh, I remember maybe in season, remember there was some buzz, maybe when the season was tanking, maybe they trade him at the deadline. I text with an executive, and he just thought, you get in trouble in the NFL, probably more than any other sport, when you take an older guy who is just an all-time great needle-moving name, right? J.J. Watt would fall under that, Julio, just guys that were like Hall of Fame talents, who it feels like, you know, 32, 33, they start trending the wrong way, and then they have an injury. Because you know what usually comes with them when you trade for them? A huge salary. Because they were paid for what they did three or four years ago. And Julio, you look at his game logs, he's actually played 14, 15 games, 15, 16 games, 16, 14 games, 17, 18, 19, only missed one game three years leading up to last year. So he's he's been more durable than I think we just assume. Because when I think Julio, I think he's injured a lot. Yeah. Maybe he just, as like in fantasy football, he's just on the injury report a lot. He actually plays more than you think. It just feels like he's always dinged up. He just plays through it, which ultimately I think Dimitrov would say the reason it's one of my greatest 
you know, home run hits. Obviously, he was a great player. We all knew that. But I bet on the guy, and he's pretty fucking reliable. That's right? the number one. I mean, he got hurt. He hurt that hamstring, I think, like week two last year. And he kept yeah. trying to play and kept trying to play. Eventually, he ended up missing four of the last, maybe the last four games in a row, five of the last six, something like that. He ain't a tap out guy. But if they were a playoff team, would he have been playing? I think he might have been. Yeah. And he I still, mean, not- John, he was on pace. If he had played 16 games last year, he was on pace for 90 plus catches. What do you yeah, have? 51, probably, 52. And at least 13, 1400 yards. I mean, he was, he, he's productive. He actually just, it's not his fault. One thing in like fantasy football circles, they always feel like he underperforms touchdown wise. Like they, but that's his yeah. offense's fault. Yeah. Not like he's not, he has like of, three or five or nine, but he'll have 90 plus is, catches. Yeah. It's like, Calvin Ridley, whoever his counterparts, it feels like steal some of his touchdowns. His running back. I I, I just the would have a hard time. Thirty-three year old guy. Did he or I guess he just turned. I think old, he's thirty-two. He? I think, but check that. I mean, look, he's got a twenty-three million dollar cap hit. This he year. he just he turned thirty-two in February. Like that's a lot of money, and he's you're not getting him for like a fifth round pick. He's not a money dump, right? So. If I think there's a bidding war, I, I, think, I do think there would be teams in, interested. I think there's three areas of concern with him, right? And if I were to rank the three areas of concern with him, I would say the number one area of concern is how much money he makes. The number two area of concern is how much you have to pay to get him. And third on the list for me is production. Because I think there's a price where you would love to, like, if you just said Julio Jones is on your team, is he a productive player or not? My bet is that Julio Jones is going to be a productive player in the NFL this year. And I think, like, pretty productive, not 50 catches. I would guess he'll be closer to 85 than he will be to 50. So I actually think the hamstring, the history, though, of this guy being on the field and being, like, ready to compete. But to me, it's what you said. It's what do you have to trade to get him, particularly for a team that's traded a lot now. And $23 million this year, $20 million, $20 million in 2022 is what he's going to cost against the cap. I think when you look at the big picture for the Niners, part of why you want Trey Lance to be your starting quarterback is what happens in 2022. When you're not paying in all likelihood Jimmy Garoppolo $23 million and you get to be in the position that the Bills are in and that the Chiefs were in, right? In 2019, Mahomes' first Bra- year as the starter. Brown- Browns are in that too. They've kind of Everybody with a young quarterback, years. you're in this spot. Your quarterback when you have a fir- early first-round quarterback who's your starter, is going to be like the 10th highest-paid guy on your team. Mahomes in 2019 was the 10th highest-paid guy in the Chiefs. Right now, Josh Allen, the 10th highest-paid guy in the Bills. So, you know, next year, in all likelihood, the highest-paid guy in the Niners is going to be Eric Armstead. Now, Jimmy, if he's still on the team. But, like, okay, so you're going to have a little bit of extra money around because your quarterback's cheap. Do you really need to use that on a receiver where you've spent a first-round draft capital, where you spent second-round draft pick, where you've got Kittle, you can get the ball to use check? Like, to me, that's part of it. Is this team, would Julio be good on the Niners? I think he would be. But you've invested in that position, and I think you're pretty good at that position. And I think Kyle Shanahan can manufacture catches for that position. I'm thinking partly about 2022 when you're going to need to use that money somewhere. It's part, some of that money is going to go to Fred Warner. Right, you might want to use that money on defense. I I think Julio's going to be good. I just the combination of what you're going to pay him and what you'd have to pay to get. Like, what do you think it's going to cost to get him? You know, I just it, all it takes is a couple. All you know, I could see a couple teams. Like, what if you're the Colts? Well, I mean, what if you're the Packers? You want to keep what's his name happy? What's his name? I think there are teams. Uh, right. Aaron with an R. something. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just think there are teams a little more desperate. I, I, I actually think he makes a lot of sense for the Packers. And I know it's like, well, they don't have the cap. Yeah, you can figure it out. Like, that would be something. It would be hard. Like, okay, Aaron, we just traded for Julio Jones, and we got Devontae Adams, and we re-signed Aaron Jones, and you got all these offensive linemen, and you're just not going to show up day one of training camp? Like, th- that, I would say that accelerates the pressure on Rodgers. Like, right, you want to go to the fucking Raiders? You, you want to have the Broncos trade for you? Are you are you kidding me? Like that to me, that's the Gudikins move. Like the Niners aren't in a desperate situation. It actually would have made sense two years ago. I would have been like they had been all over them when we talked about Odell Beckham. Like they were. I don't think they're in that position now. Where I think the Packers are not necessarily because they like feel weird like that. They don't really operate like that. More dissatisfied with Aaron. The Colts. He actually really the more you think about his character, like he is a Ballard type guy. You know, just reliable. Which I do now. think would also mean he's a Lynch Shanahan type guy. What I have a hard time thinking about with Julio is that, so I give a second or third round pick. That guy typically on my team is like, if I'm Chris Ballard, I was like, I just got Jonathan Taylor. If I'm the Niners, like that's Debo and Fred Warner. Like that's that's the range where I get really cheap assets. And I'm what am I getting? A couple years probably of Julio. Yeah. He, he's, a, he's a complicated trade piece and because that, then... Does he want to get an extension, <laughs> right? He's not a guy that plays for cheap. Yeah. He's not like, oh, I'm just into taking discounts now, just coming down the home stretch. Like, that ain't it. No, I mean, but he's not I think, I think in a, I think in a perfect world, when you can get a guy like that, At least. you know, that's probably not in his prime anymore, he knows it. Like, remember when the Niners got Anquan Bolden? And you just felt like we got a good deal out of the guy. Uh, the Raiders version of Crabtree when they were paying him like eight Anquan or nine cost, million like dollars. Nine? Seven. Yeah, and remember the Bravens just didn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm. But can I get Julio, whatever, you know, NFL inflation? Like, I'd be all over Julio for like 13, but at like 20, 22, and does he really want like a couple more years? Like, just give me a two-year 48, you know, I'm be good. We'll just call, I'll end my career here. You're like, uh Because I saw someone tweeting like, Devontae Adams in a year is going to want like $25 million. Because Devontae goes, well, Amari makes 20. So, and I've been making 14. Like, I, I, what the fuck you think I'm worth? Time is now. Yeah. Yeah, I... Uh, and Julio would go, well, I'm Julio, <laughs> right? I think what the Colts I would need him. I think the Colts need him more than the 49ers need him. Again, I I know there's this I talk there, I just about think a lot. I think Seattle would sniff around. I think there are a lot of teams that would get involved fast. Yeah, Seattle would be would be interesting. I, I, I think the 49ers... I don't think the Patriots would hesitate. No, that's a good one. I, I just think the Niners... I know there's this discussion about like who's going to be their third receiver. I I don't I don't worry about it. You got you've got Kittle, you've got options. So I want to make Debo my number three. I get Julio. I I pedal this. Now my well, Debo well, the my key, third receiver. The, to me the key the key in football to not having your number three receiver be that big a deal. Your number one and two guys need to dominate. So like I think the Bucks are a good example. Once Tom showed up, but even the last year with Jameis. It's like Scotty Miller guy, like what's what's Antonio's deal? But one of those two guys between Godwin and Evans, it's like, yeah, we got basically two number ones, right? Yeah. That's kind of been the problem with Packerland. It's like, well, they just got Devontae. They're very dependent. If you just Debo and you get Brandon Ayuk and they both, to me, neither has to be a one. If they both just operate like really good twos, you're in good shape and they can play every game because you have a star tight end. Like one thing that I think the Chiefs really... People talk about like Chiefs offense, and it is fantastic. They got two options, but you know the thing with those two options? It feels like they play every game. 
And it's it just their number two or number one wide receiver just happens to be the tight end and the wide receiver, right? And then all the other wide receivers are just chess pieces. But the moment, like, where it gets interesting is like, oh, Tyreek's out for two games. Well, then you just double Kelsey, and then the other guys have to step up. That's where the Niners, like, if Debo misses a month, then to me that conversation is like, okay, well, then just Ayuk and Kittle have to dominate. Yeah. Which is fine. But it's like, you, you, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, then Kittle well, gets yeah, hurt. Yeah, but, I, but again... I said this the other day when we were talking about the receivers. Their best players have to be their best players. Kittle has to – I mean, you mentioned it. Kelsey catches 26% of the passes in Kansas City. Okay, Kittle, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, like you've got the guy. You've got your top end guys. I don't I don't think you need to add another top end guy as much as I actually do believe in Julio still. Yeah, to me, you only add if you just can get like – wait, you just – we got to throw in a random pick? And that's not what he's – he's still too good for that. Yeah, because sometimes you can get like the one off season with an older guy, like what Minnesota's hoping with Patrick Peterson, you know, what the Cardinals are hoping with the Watts and the AJ Greens. Julio's still at a really high level, and and really with Watt, like they gave him twenty five million dollars guarantee. Like it wasn't like JJ Watt was cheap. Remember when he signed? People were like, damn, they gave him a lot of money. <laughs> well, even if Julio, let's say Julio, the hamstring is a part of this discussion. But if he hadn't had the hamstring and had ninety catches last year, how would this conversation be going? No one would even be talking about getting him at a deal, right? Well, one thing they, they talk about a lot is like, we need to clear our books. Or you could just have a sweet offense, you know, and just try to patchwork, the, just be a bat on defense. But I don't know, roll out Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. And well, what are they going to suddenly do with that money in, in June? Nothing. It's not like there's a tax. I do the wonder NFL. if they're it's just afraid, is, is it going to be harder to trade him in another year? I think it's just like his value is still relatively high. Can we get a good pick? Can we get a second round pick and unload twenty million dollars? A pick because he's a year away. He's a year away from another nine, seven. You know, he plays sixty percent of the games where he's not worth much. Especially new GM, you want to just bolster next year's your second Terry Fontenot, right? You got another draft coming up next year. You don't want to be waiting another year to start your rebuild. And I think you look at it like. I know they play different positions, but Kyle Pitts is now our Julio Jones. Right. Right. Yeah. Like Kyle Pitts, we want him to get 90 catches moving forward. Right. And it would be Pitts and Calvin Ridley. I, I would, if like the uh, if the trade options are not that good, I mean, and clearly, I mean, they might do this. I would just try to have an unreal offense. Arthur Smith, those three guys, Matt Ryan, who I think his birthday was yesterday. I saw a bunch of people. Is that why he talked? Posting up. Uh, maybe it's just OTAs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a press conference. My birthday, birthday, annual birthday press conference. Not my favorite thing, but you know it's what we do. <laughs> Feels what like if that was a rule? Like every guy to talk on his birthday to be like, "All right, we now go live. It's a uh, 7 p.m. Saturday. He's uh, he's at a rave. <laughs> it's in Barbados. Sorry, sorry, babe. Got to do the got to do the press conference." I could see the Bosa brothers doing that if they if that was a league rule, with like no shirt on, just shit housed. If their birthdays were in like March or April or like July fourth, <laughs> oh July fourth, would be an awful birthday. May seventeenth, yeah. Matt Ryan turned thirty six on uh, Monday. He's a little older than you think. Thirty six, thirty six. He's been in the league a long time. I know. I remember. I remember being in college at Cal Poly and watching the game on TV. Boston College, I think, versus Virginia Tech, and they were down fourteen to three. And he brought him back the last two minutes through two touchdown passes. They either got an onside kick or a turnover. It was like, damn. And then he was like one of the premium guys that year. But that was like 
his mo. I think it was like Thursday or Friday night football back in the day when you just like there weren't that many games on television. So if you were like the Thursday night game on ESPN, the ACC game, it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, we took pride in that at Fresno State. I mean, we're like sure. you got Friday night to yourself. Now it feels like there's 17 games. The NFL throws on one. You're like, oh, we're just getting lost in the shovel. There's an overload. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely an overload. I, I'm not trying to go back, but you know, I, I like just a limited inventory. Now, who knows? Like, did I really want to watch Virginia Tech? You know, uh, Boston College. <laughs> Maybe the game was actually pretty shitty, but I was 21 years old and it felt awesome. You only had one TV. You weren't streaming on your iPad. You know, you had less distractions. Yeah. You weren't on TV's Twitter. TV's like the TV's like the size of a box. You weren't on Twitter. No, it wasn't on. Yeah, that's part of it. You weren't Didn't distracted. Have a phone to look you know? at. Yeah, that was back when your uh, your your attention span was was longer. You know. Do you think social media has ruined our attention spans? I don't know about the because mine, mine is ruined. Mine is really it's definitely been affected. Yeah, mine is really really poor. Yeah. Uh, okay, I saw this from uh, Rap Sheet tweeted this. Remember the big battle? The NFL was saying, "Don't show up. Everybody, stay away." Uh, then yesterday I saw Rap Sheet said the Dolphins had 70 players at OTAs, the result of a negotiation between the players and Coach Brian Flores to lower the exertion level. Accordingly, players showed up to learn. I did not know OTAs had very high exertion levels, but the players wanted lower exertion levels. They got lower exertion levels. Um, and it wasn't just the Dolphins. They had 70 guys. Do you know how many guys the Chiefs had at OTAs? 81. 81. How many guys on the roster? 90? I mean, if you didn't show, what the hell's your deal? Niners had a bunch of guys show up. I don't once somebody <clears throat> told me, Jeff Schwartz was telling me that the Browns, I don't know what the Browns deal was. JC Treader, you reminded me the Players Association president or whatever is on their team yeah. doesn't want guys to show up. But I think it's pretty clear who won and who lost. You know who won, John? The guys who showed up and got their bonuses. That's who won. Well, we were talking about this before we came on, and I, I think the one thing that's unique about football relative to the other two sports who have, I mean, baseball has a really powerful union. If the baseball union said something like this, this would not have taken place, right? If whatever the equivalent is in baseball, do not show up to spring training. The, you know, the who are the Chiefs equivalent? Like the Dodgers or the Yankees are not getting basically 95% of their roster showing up. That would not happen. Mm -hmm. In basketball, players don't show up even when the union doesn't tell them. They're like, oh, fuck it, I'll just hang out with my buddies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'll be, I'll play and like, I'll see you next week, coach. They're like, oh, okay, uh, they don't even find you. Basketball's in a whole different world. I think in football, last year it was real, right? They did virtual, no one knew what was going on. Now, like when I saw Demora Smith like fighting for opt-outs this year, it's like, guys, get the fuck out of here. Like, give me a break. And part of it is I've known, I've got to know, lucky enough, just some, some position coaches, you know, from working with them at Fresno and it, at uh, and with the Eagles. And those guys, like, have very, very close relationships with players. Even sometimes more, like, I, Andy's unique. Like, he just gets very, very close relationships with his guys. But position coaches, like, in the sport of football – you are dependent if that guy is good. That guy can make you a lot of money. Like, you have a unique bond with that guy. I was watching Frank. Frank's talk yesterday, uh, Frank Reich. They did the same thing. You know, he's like, uh, their, I think, union representative is uh, Ryan Kelly, the center, who's the Alabama guy. And DeForest talked yesterday, too. And he's like, you know, we just met with him. We just kind of gave some of our opinions, and Frank was like, yeah, I was open to it. I mean, ultimately, I want guys here. We want to help guys out. We're just trying to get better. I'm not – we're not running junction boys out there, right? You, you, one, you get paid to be here. 
regard you get a per diem, and I know it's not you know it's two hundred fifty bucks a, a day, for but for a guy making six hundred thousand dollars, you know a four thousand dollars a month or whatever is not nothing, especially in the off season. You're in, in football, you don't get paid in the off season if you're not like Jimmy and don't have a bonus. Also, a lot of these guys like their coaches. Like I, I think sometimes we view the way the media talks it like this adversarial relationship between like team and player, and that's become a huge thing in the NBA. And I even think if you ask most NBA players, like they'd be really close with like their assistant coaches. Like a lot of these relationships, I don't know, are healthy. You're like, I just like this guy. We're both, he's a coach. I'm a player. We're just, he's a little older than me. He tells me stories. He helps my life. He makes me a better person. Like, I think sometimes you hear some of these stories like about, you know, I think you hear this a lot in relationships. Like, I gotta hate my wife. I think a lot of people like have really good relationships with their significant other. They make them better people. Coaching and teachers, which ultimately coaches are, and in football, it's a it's a sport that's very predicated on that individual making you better, right? Putting you in positions to succeed, which ultimately gets you more money, more notoriety, and makes you better. And also, like part of football, especially for all the guys that come from a Division One program. But hell, we heard the way uh, Trey Lance talked about North Dakota State. Like if you play at North Dakota State or you play at McNeese State or Appalachian State, it's not like they don't have really high standard. Like people like getting better. And push just because I saw a quote on Instagram. It was like, it was from a coach. I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was basically like, so, you know, in a competitive environment, being adversarial isn't always a negative. It's just trying to put you in a, like trying to get you better, trying to help you improve. And I think success, basically like successful people know that sometimes like an uncomfortable conversation is not a bad thing. And football is an uncomfortable environment that just the simple reality players like it of the good ones they, they actually kind of yearn for it. and I think most human beings you know worth their salt kind of yearn to be pushed you know and, and yearn to just get better at whatever they do yeah I mean I think so much of the way we talk about sports is understandably so about money like guys are showing up in part because the ones who get bonuses and but the 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 thing that gets lost in that conversation is that for the most part teammates like teammates now i do think we overestimate it sometimes like some guys don't like each other but for the most part most guys like hanging out with the other guys on their team there are a very small subsection of humanity pro athletes there aren't that many people they can hang out with that really understand what it is that they do what it is that they go through the pressure that they feel the money that they make negative and positives that come with that, whatever their body goes through, and the basic camaraderie that comes from competition of any level. Like, forget about high-level competition. You're high-fiving some dude coming off the uh, uh, pickup basketball court that you'll never talk to again. Like, competition just brings people together, particularly when they're on the same team. So I think there are a lot of just basics, and especially when you add to that what the last year was like. So many meetings were on Zoom and all that kind of stuff. Now, these guys played a football season in that window, but they've been away from it. They have been away from it. And unlike, say, golf, the season ends, like you just you can practice golf every day out of the year, kind of on the course the same way that you would practice if you were in the season. Football's not that way. Football, you, you literally need other people. Uh, not emotionally, like physically, you need other people around. And it's one thing to go to a workout and there's five, 15, 20 other guys. Some of them are getting ready for the draft. Some of them are getting ready for their camp. Some of them are getting ready for the CFL. Some of them are getting ready for the spring league. But everybody on the same team, 
pulling the same direction, kind of cheesy, but but very real. And I think you said it perfectly. Here's another thing that happens. These guys are there to get better. Like, yeah, you're checking a box. Yeah, maybe you're getting a bonus. Yeah, you're there to... But also part of it is that you're there to get better with coaches who are invested year-round in making you better. So I think there's a lot of reasons for guys to show up. I, somebody commented the Niners had 80, the Raiders had 70. Um, and then you add to that what happened with the Broncos and a player getting injured well, away from the facility and having his contract voided. I don't think that's nothing. I'll give you another element here. I mean, you and I don't really... <laughs> we're not at the point where we're just going on these fantastic vacations all the time. Most human beings are not. I think often you see on social media, when people tweet about their sweet vacations, they are anomalies, even in society. The overwhelming percentage of people in America do not go on sweet vacations. Right. I mean, it's just, I think you see that with social media a lot more like, God, I'm just in Tulum again. God, just in Cancun. Like that's not normal. Like that's just, but if you are wealthy enough and all these players are, if they choose to, you just hear any high-level successful person, they'll go, you know, after like a week on vacation, I kind of get bored. Like, I want back into it. These players, like, if you're not a rookie and you just don't know anybody, but if you're like a third or fourth-year guy, you go, I, I've been off. If my team didn't make the playoffs, it's May 18th. I've been off since January 1st. Like, I've already gone to Cancun for a couple weeks. I've already trained for a little while. I went on another vacation. Like, what the fuck am I doing? I have, and then I get a summer vacation. Like, we get a lot of time off. It's like, how much freaking time do you need? Like, and J.C. Treader, their whole thing was like, it's this adversarial, you know, just kind of elements of the team versus, it's not like that. You and I have been to uh, OTAs. They're very, very chill. I've worked in OTAs. I've been on the outside as a media member. They're cool. They're just kind of easy. And like you said, part of it is like, you can't practice football you know, without other people. And even if you do go to the training facilities, well, if I got one guy from the Browns, I got another dude from Seattle, I got three dudes on my own team. We're not running our other plays. Guys from Alabama. Yeah, we're not all running the same thing. So it's like, at least when we're walking through, I'm going to be in the trenches, especially if you have a position coach or coordinator that you've been with a couple years. Like you do just get to share, like part of our relationship get, got accelerated once we went through everything in the radio, right? We can just relate over these issues that it's hard to really explain to other people no different than like two guys right now in their facility sitting in their position coach right now room with their guy who last year they just had this devastating loss in a playoff just pick a random team and they're just kind of bullshitting about it like god that fucking play on yeah, third uh, down if i hit him or just the moment where it's like you remember that practice last year when and you just have these you moments, know which is fun you know what i which think is, and I, I i think honestly the, the i'm so glad I say this all the time. My experience in football, college too. I mean, one of our buddies just got the head coaching job at Clovis West. Even the guys that didn't make the pros, but definitely the guy that made the pros, the majority of them are just pretty good blue collar. If football didn't existed, they just would have been solid members of society. They're not these crazy like Terrell Owens in the drive in the driveway or Antonio Brown. Those guys are outliers. Most guys are just normal people that just want to work and just kind of want to get better. You know what some of the best parts thinking about it now, listening to you talk of hard knocks is the footage in a meeting room in the 10 minutes before, after the actual meeting is beginning or ended. Right. When guys are just hanging in the meeting room, chilling, maybe they're looking at some stuff. Maybe they're talking about something. Maybe they're just BSing. That's, that's part of what you get to do now in this, this part of the season. Some, how about some of the funny stuff? Like when a coach, 
someone does something stupid on Instagram and they put it on the team meeting. Like that stuff's fun for these guys. Like you're just, you're just sitting at home. Like these guys, the season is not for like three more months. It's like, we just got to grind to the season. Well, yeah. I mean, that's going to happen and that's fun. But the thing in football, once the season happens, really the only true, true fun part are the games. We're in the off season. It, it's a, it's much more relaxed. I just and don't. you can work on your craft with you, just you don't, there aren't that many other people out there like you. Your neighborhood, if you're an NFL player, is not just a cul-de-sac of other NFL players. You don't get to hang out with other NFL. Yeah, you can go to the golf club and play with other rich guys, business owners, whatever. You don't get to hang out with each other that much. Yeah. You don't do road trips like baseball or basketball teams do when you're just together in the same hotel for four days. Right? You go, you come home. You don't get, I don't know. Plus, you don't, it's like this weird mix. You don't have the season about to hit, so you still got a little. Yeah, I'm telling you, they, they really miscalculated far, that one. <laughs> it is by far, I think, the best time in the league for a coach, for a player, for just the organization. Because you're able to like throw out sweet things to the fans. Your players are all in good moods. It's just a very, very, it's a very healthy environment for the big picture part of the sport that helps you become what they've become and become really big. That's why I thought like, say what you want about OTAs, like, I don't know if you gain that much out of them for, you know, the, a team. I don't think they hurt by any means. But where they do help is they keep the, for about a month and a half, guys are on the field, guys are together. I'm watching the Colts. Buckner's just at the Colts. Like, he's one of their best players. He's one of the league's best players. You get these guys in press conference. You get their quotes out. It just keeps you in the circle of them just being in a good mood. That's kind of been a point of difference for the NFL where it felt like, you know, 10 years ago, it's like, LeBron, the NBA's coming. And then they just, like, lapped him by. Just... The NFL is just an easy consumption, and, and it felt for the first time when – I mean, I didn't necessarily know that these players were going to be anti the boycott, but that that was like a move like, yeah, this is the type thing, the drip, drip, drip thing that people are going to be like, what are we doing? Also, I don't you know, know. There's, there's a distrust perhaps with the Players Association too from some players. They just – there have been enough things that have happened over the years where you go, are these guys – are they playing checkers while the owners are playing chess? Yeah, I also think I've never been in a union. Have, have you ever been in a union? No. Just the MLBPA, uh, but I, I I do think there's just in any union with this many people, where I would imagine like I work construction. I wasn't in the union when I work construction. It's my one year in college. But people that were on the construction site were union. For the most part, everyone's in a similar wage range. Yeah, it's got to be really difficult when you factor in. Well, how how are you going to get a dude making? Because money's all relative. Five hundred k to 30 million, they're not going to have the same issues, right? They're not going to have the same thoughts on certain problems or certain ideas. Like they're just the, the and people who talk for the league, you know, really Brady and Rogers were the most outspoken the last couple of years. Like Rogers, like no more OTAs Brady this year, like pounded the table. One thing I saw that he said was like, they don't ask pitchers to throw 95 in the off season. Well, Tom, the baseball season is dramatically longer than your season. And Pitchers are able to train their 95 on their own pretty easily. So it's it's that's not an apples-to-apples apples argument. How many and 95s is he throwing in OTAs? Well, and Bruce Arians, like I said at best, you know, he didn't say Tom. He would never say that. But his point was like, the Tom Brady's don't need to show up. We're not asking for them. But don't tell the third-round guy from two years ago that's fighting for a roster spot that he can't. Like, it's easy for Tom to say. It's easy for Rodgers to say. Tell the dude who's, like, one year, like, God, I'm not even going to be able to get a pinch. I'm going to be out of the league. Yeah, Rodgers said not, Rogers the last time said, like, nothing for the whole argument. Remember, whatever yeah. the last – and then just, like, the day before tweeted, like, ah, whatever. I don't even remember what the take was. 
No, he didn't want. It. He thought OTA ban them all. I thought there was Remember, another was previous, year. but maybe it was that. Maybe it was an OTA thing, but in any event, uh, John. Before we go on, let's tell the people about geology. You got some there. I put this on every day. My geology vital morning face cream. Bing bang boom. Uh, right now, go to geology.com/ham. Get forty percent off any trial set. Any trial set at geology.com/ham. Forty percent off any trial set. Plus, right now, you can pre-order the SPF 30 unisex face sunscreen, which uh, which will be here soon and is available for 20% off right now when you pre-order. Well, Guy, when your head, for those of you watching on YouTube and you can see this, one time uh, when I first got bald, I, didn't, I went to Lake Tahoe for the weekend. Zero. Let me repeat. Zero. SPF 30 applied. My entire head peeled off. Never made that mistake again. And as a dermatologist told me after that incident, you got to do it on your whole face because as you get older, and I'm someone that tanned very easily when I was younger, your skin gets thinner as you get older. Hmm. Sunscreen protects your face. Not, and obviously this is for your face, but your body too. I can't, I, I, I swear by sunscreen. So Geology, who's not just a partner of this podcast guy, but we use their product because they send it to us and it's fantastic. Face wash. Uh, I got the repairing night cream right here. Got a little vital morning cream right yep. here. Geology.com slash ham. Geology.com slash ham. Uh, the SPF 30 pre-order now. It's a broad spectrum sunscreen with a mineral base. Provides maximum oh. protection from UVA and UVB rays. Not just in it's skin care, not just sunscreen. Uh, just meant to be incorporated into your daily regimen, not just for days at the beach. So get ready for that. Go pre-order the SPF 30 unisex face sunscreen. Everybody in the house can use it. And while you're there, check out 40% off any trial set, um, any trial products of the vital morning, uh, any trial products, including what we got here, which is the uh, morning and night uh, skincare uh, solutions. You know, someone, people have been asking about my skincare routine. Uh, geology.com slash ham. Go, go peep that. Appreciate it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I feel I, I I have to say one in every three of my Instagram follows uh, females probably once a week does a good skin t scare tutorial. I mean, very, very detailed. Yeah. It's what everyone's asking about from what I hear. Yeah. Kepka's fiance all the time. I, you know, I'm not anti Jen Sims, but she might get an unfollow soon. She's just a little much. What was she got going on? I'm not sure if I follow. I mean, just a lot. Oh. There's just a lot of like, uh, you know, yeah, it's just a lot. Uh, can we update the uh, the story, John? Thanks to Lorenz who DM'd me and said, uh, "Here's the update." Juan Ter John Terrius or Juan Terrius Bryant, the player from uh, where was he from? They got tricked. The 
uh, into a Falcons workout. Austin P. Um, he's been invited to work out at Hub Football 2020 camp this weekend in San Diego. NFL scouts are going to be in attendance. I'm not sure. Oh, you know who? <laughs> Hub Football, designed for professional athletes. You know who founded Hub Football? Don Yee, apparently. Okay. So maybe Don's you out there know, looking buddy. for, uh, that's Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Tom Brady's agent. So I'm not sure exactly what their deal is, but they got workouts. Scouts will be there. There you go. That's so one of those. That's one out. of those. That's one of those ones. When you're a scout, you just can't wait to go watch a bunch of players like that. You got to get think, really excited. Do you think it's a lot of favors? What do you think that is? Uh, one time, I got. I had to drive down to L.A. for. A, it was technically a favor, but also I think Andy felt bad for the guy. Remember Brian Banks? Yeah, they did a movie on yeah. him. Uh, I was, was the first it, was ever prison. It wrongly in prison. Wasn't pr- wrongfully accused of raping a girl. Spent all I. Maybe ten. I mean, definitely eight, because he was in his late twenties when I worked him out. Long Beach Poly was like a five star. Was going to USC, like in like you know Matt Liner. You know, it was like oh four, and then went to prison. And I worked him out probably in twelve. Um, so yeah, I mean things like that happen. But it's for one individual. These these random ones. It's like I just know a lot of scouts roll their eyes. That one to me was cool. Because once I, I didn't quite know what I was getting into, and then you hear the story, and then there ended up being a movie. It was just pretty impressive. Well, it, he was just, and it just, he was an impressive. Was guy that a group? Was, was that a group one on one? Was like, were the Eagles the only team there working them out? Or everyone was just Middlecoff, Banks, and his agent. I remember that. And I had I some cones out there. I'm going like this. <laughs> yeah. I think we worked out at uh, Calabasas at a high school. I mean, it was sweet. Calabasas <laughs> sounds like that's like <laughs> yeah. a spot. Yeah. The agent, the agent was, uh, you know, it's like, it's Tolner's kid, so it's like, you know, he has Wentz, Goff, Mariota. Like, he's become a really big age. At the time, like, oh, they yeah, had, you they introduced me to him at the Super Bowl a couple yeah, years nice ago. Yeah, nice guy. Nice guy. So. His dad, you know, longtime SC coach. Yep. Long time might be strong. I don't know. I mean, seven years at SC. I don't think he was there like a couple decades. Bruce? Bruce Tolner. Bruce yeah. the dad? Or that's the... Ted, Ted's uh, the dad. I think Bruce is the kid, yeah. Ted Tolner. Right. They they run a pretty high level. Like they've done a good job of getting NFL quarterbacks. I think Josh Allen. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have. Uh, they they've been on. They just got a cool vibe. Like, hey, you want to be in LA? Like in the off season, you want to just this is kind of quarterback group. Kind of feels like they're the lighter. Like it felt like Tom Condon's guys, like the Mannings, the uh, you know like uh, Breeze, like very serious. <laughs> He gets more of like kind of loose. Just come to the beach in the off season. Fucking work hard. We'll get you paid. Everything will be good. We, you come <laughs> you know, work like, out with our like guy. We got a beach house for you. Yeah, it feels like Tom Condon back in the day might have told you like time to work out. And Bree's like, I'll be there four a.m. Yeah. Peyton's like, I'll meet you there. You're like, Jesus, guys, <laughs> it's March. You know. Uh, some YouTube comments. John reacting. Jimmy, not a personal chef guy. Uh, J- that's what Austin said. Jonathan said he's just putting on mass. He's in the bulking phase. Um, so there's that few comments uh reactions we'll, we'll give, give 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 jimmy a chance six letter on uh, youtube says how are the cat how are caddies still a thing you'd think there'd be some remote controlled carts or something by now well caddies you need somebody to coach you but can we help the cat i'd be all for helping the caddies out it watching them honestly makes me uncomfortable watching these guys lug these bags around i do think you become pretty accustomed to the weight if you're one of those guys 
I don't know. I just think you kind of become as part of your 10%. I mean, yeah. Like I mean, but why, do we just making their job hard because we wanted their job to be hard? You can, there's remote control. You can just put a sensor in your pocket. The bag will follow you around. Well, because if you're the caddy, you're one step away from getting replaced then. Like, do they just but have your advice like, is still where pretty I can valuable. ask? I know, but it's just like what I Ageism, really want John, to be. This is. Do you notice sometimes sitting on the, if you're just watching a golf tournament on the weekend and it's like, Whoever just hits a shot puts his hand out, and the dude hands him like a power bar and like a uh, in a water. I mean, they're they're there to do a lot of things. You know, I hand you the peanut butter sandwich yeah, on the six. The banana you know, time for the Bryson's yeah. guy hands him his banana or his shake. I read that Bryson cut some lbs. I saw him yesterday; he looked pretty normal. Um, I listened to Webb Simpson on the subpar pod, and I guess him and his guy are super tight. Like they roomed, they're like the only player and caddy that roomed together. Like they're best friends. Think how boring it would be to just play by yourself all the time. And one thing he said, he's just talked about a number of things. One thing was like, I guess Webb is a notoriously fast walker. Like, I guess he walks really fast. And he was saying one time his caddy was like, I'm going to keep up with you this, this season. And, uh, and after like four tournaments, he couldn't do, he was just, he was exhausted. He just wearing himself out because he's carrying the bag and he's trying to keep up with Webb and Webb's a fast walker. But he was talking about, and this is the value, the U S open, his caddy had, I guess, popped out maybe one round before they played and was just watching some guys play. And one thing he noticed was on one of the holes on the back nine, maybe 13 or 14, he said, like, everyone was coming up short, like clubbing up was going to be the move on this particular hole, different than what it had been in the practice round. They get to- Oh, you're saying he was out there like a fan yeah, just, just watching, like watching some scouting. Guys. That's a high-level caddy. They get out guy. there. Webb pulls out a five-iron. The caddy's like, I'm telling you, I've been out here today. It's a four-iron today. And Webb's like, he was right. If I had hit four iron, I would have been in the sand. I wouldn't have won the championship. The caddy gets him a framed photo of that swing. As if, like, part of it's like, couldn't do without me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, super valuable. But I do, I, when I watch caddies, man, I'm just like, God, it, sometimes it looks really hard just carrying that bag around. To me, the key would be be with a sweet player. Because it's way, if you are going to lug it, if you got a Justin Thomas, a John Ron, anyone in like the top twenty who's making three, four million dollars, because if if you got if you're getting ten percent, I mean, I was looking, I looked the other day a couple weeks ago. I might have just been had a couple of Caminos, and just I stumbled upon the money list. You had to get to eighty seventh, eighty seventh on the money list to get a guy under a million dollars. So that means the the guy at eighty seventh, his caddy, if he's getting ten percent, is making six figures. If you have Bryson. Or Justin JT, and they're making five point five, and it's only halfway through the season. That's, I mean, you're gonna make a million dollars caddying. That's a, you know, that's a pretty good gig. Press like you better ride those hot years and save some money because it could, you know, it could change. Yeah. Plus, you know, never Kevin Nott gave his guy a car. Uh, one of the guys, I, one other story Webb Simpson told was, I didn't quite, you know, you're doing stuff, you listen, so you, I missed some details. I think Bubba told his caddy, if you find the only palm tree at Augusta, I'll buy the engagement ring that you're going to get for your wife. And the guy, I guess there's like one hidden kind of little palm tree. The guy found it. Bubba had to buy the engagement ring for the guy. Um, so I think they take care of their guys too, you know? Yeah, I... I uh, you get smart. I actually have an idea of someone we probably should take care of for a business move. Somebody we've uh, talked about or something new just popped in your mind? Just something the yesterday that I just thought of It'd probably be a nice gesture. Okay, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll discuss. We'll offline that discussion. I've seen this twice now, probably in the last week. I don't think there's any moment. In, it probably used to happen in football when guys would get killed, but it just people don't really get hit that hard anymore. Where they just you feel like, is this guy ever going to live again? 
in baseball, there have been two guys getting domed. It happened to Harper, Bryce Harper, like a week ago. He got hit in the face. But it, I think it kind of deflected. Kevin Pillar got hit last night 95 miles an hour in the face. Yeah. 95 miles an hour in the face. There is no, as just a watcher of sports, that you just kind of like crumble out of your cow. That, that feeling when you watch it, it just takes the life out of you. There's Multiple nothing fractions. you can do because the, the the move is naturally right. You're kind of stepping in. The ball's coming at you. And it's when it's 95 plus, what are you going to do? Hope you're wearing a face protector. I remember in like uh, fifth grade, I got hit in the face. I had the seams. You know, this is Little League, so I wasn't throwing that hard. Nothing broke. But I had this, the bruise had the seams on my cheek. It was a pretty cool bruise for like two or three days. But wear, at the big league like level, it's... With Pilar, Pilar, Bryce wears a. Does Bryce wear a little thing on his helmet? Do you remember seeing? Maybe not. Mm, I don't. I, I think Giancarlo started doing it, and now like a lot of guys do it. Does Giancarlo still do it though? I think so. Wear that that plastic piece. Yeah, but you know it doesn't cover everything. But I do think it's hard for the ball to get to get in between there. Uh, Steve says that he thinks not only the winner's cut is ten percent of caddies on YouTube, and that finishing tenth is like three percent. I don't know. What do you think? I someone told me that they thought a lot of players start like an LLC, and then you pay the guy. Like if you're a really good player, you pay the guy's salary. You probably put it, get his health insurance right for his family. Like he's kind of your employee, and then the better gotcha. you do, the more he pays. I, I'm sure there are different structures. Like was Tiger's caddy making five million dollars a year? Probably not, but he was probably pretty incentivized and. You know, like I, there are probably different ways to set it up. If you're on one of the top guys' bags, I think your your life's pretty like you're a top probably, maybe not one percenter, but you're probably a top two percenter, right? You're making you, more you than make some it. of the guys on the corn ferry. You might be making more than some you, of the guys on tour. I think you are because if you're Bryson's caddy and he makes ten million dollars on a given season, or Justin Thomas, how much does that caddy end up making through everything? Yeah, probably close question. to a million bucks. Uh, Justin says, I got hit in the face, knocked out, broken orbital bone, and zygomatic arch. Sinus is cracked, metal plate in my face now. Oh I don't know what the God. zygomatic arch is. I don't either. Sounds painful, though. My God. I hate, I, I'll never forget in Little League, I hated hitting. Because I was, I mean, I'm, I'm not afraid to admit I was scared of the ball. My first step was always out, not up. If you hate hitting, what are you even playing baseball for? Why not? That's why I didn't play past sixth grade. I just, I wasn't any, I didn't, I never felt comfortable in the box. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, John, has weighed in on the YouTube. He says, you guys going to watch me win the Monaco Grand Prix this weekend? You know, uh, I thought, oh yeah, Monaco is, it's 6 a.m. I'm pretty sure someone can correct me. I think I told you this, I don't know if I said this on the podcast, the Spanish Grand Prix a couple weeks ago. I thought, well, if I get up at, you know, Sunday morning, if I'm up at 7.15, I'll pop it up. Whatever time I got up, it was over. And I'm like, well, maybe ESPN News is replaying it. They weren't. Well, they did ultimately replay it in the afternoon at like 2, and I flipped it on for a couple of minutes. And um, watching several seasons of F1, you'd think you can just turn on the, the racing and know immediately everything that's happening. I was pretty confused, even though you would think it's pretty straightforward. They were talking about somebody was in first place, but they weren't in first place. And they have all the times of like, he hasn't pitted yet. So when he comes out of the pit, I got to tell you, the F1 show, I think does a poor job of teaching you the sport. It does not prepare you to actually watch the event live. Now, I did recognize a lot of the names like Verstappen and those guys, but I was not prepared. I thought I'd be able to just 
I thought I'd be able to just dive right in, watch an event, and be like, oh, they, all the strategy. I, know, I had no clue what was happening, and my attention was held for about four minutes. That said, yeah. Monaco is supposed to be pretty sweet. Somebody told me the Spanish Grand Prix, not they, all the guys know that course really, really well. Nothing really changes on that one, and then maybe Monaco on Sunday. So, I got a recommendation. Someone DM me this and said, if you like the F1 show, the movie Rush with uh, Liam whatever, uh, it's, it, yeah, they put it on Netflix. Yeah. It's really good. It's a true story about this guy named James Hunt, who was this really good-looking race car driver that was just banging all these playmates, and this other guy who ended up running, I think, Ferrari for a long time. I forget his name. Was it uh, Nicky? Yeah, something Paul Nicky or, or something. Nicky, well, Paul, was, oh, I don't know. Yeah, the guy, like that. Mercedes guy, Nicky, who died a few years ago, who burned. Did this guy burn? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. Okay, so it's the Mercedes guy who burned. They were rivals, who was the great driver before. It's just it, it's, it's just like a movie version of F1, but way back in the day. And then I saw, I Googled James Hunt, because Liam, you know, he's such a good-looking guy, long hair. He plays the part perfectly. He, this guy was a really good-looking guy in, like, the 70s. When they're all wearing Marlboro hats... Like, think of, we're in the advertising business where we want to get a piece of everyone's pie. Back in the 70s, and probably even, like, when we were definitely kids, like, in the mid-90s, you, the Marlboros spent cash. Like, they fucking threw money. Baseball, like, everyone had a piece of that pie. The great part is, like, when a pie disappears in America, just a new pie emerges, right? You know, back DraftKings or Under Armour, just new pies. But... Everyone was getting a piece of that pie oh, yeah. in sports. Here's here's James Hunt, John. Yeah, he just uh, good movie. I mean, it really was. Yeah. The, uh, so the guy was Mercedes. Yeah, he was a legend. This guy uh, burned. Uh, where'd it go? This guy right here. Yeah, yeah. I in F in the F one show. I think he dies in like season two or season three. Nicky Lauda. Nicky Lauda. He was super tight. Yeah. He's the guy that got Lewis Hamilton to come to Mercedes. He like convinced him. Oh yeah, the comments are all over Nikki Lauda too. We got a lot of F one. Uh, oh, you're right. Like here's just here's he just he just hangs the playmates. Here's some Mar- just this guy Marlboro. Yeah. What's he doing? Holding the just checking his watch. <laughs> yeah, Lauda, Lauda got burned when Lauda. I mean, the movie. Who knows what really happened? Like the drivers tried to yank him out, but he's so hot they couldn't even grab him. You know? Wow. And it, once you get to season three of F1, similar thing happens. Like, I, the, the fire it starts, burn, you know, because you have the fuel. What are you going to do? Like, it's not like people can save you. At least in football, like, I could help you up or basketball, right? Call for someone to come over. Like, if a fire, I have to get away, right? If, I, if it's too hot. Well, you just got to dive in there and grab Yeah, I think uh, James Hunt was. Uh, <laughs> I think he did well. <laughs> yeah. I think he was literally married a Playboy playmate, and he was a Brit, right? So it was, he was worldwide. The sport worldwide, too. Yeah. You're going to be locked in uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, Warriors-Lakers? Game of the year, John. Game of the year. I, I think you set it up. You set it on the last show because you told me Ethan Strauss said it on uh, on uh, whichever Warriors pod, all, uh, which, Three, whichever yeah. Warriors pod you're listening to. But... Um, uh, could this game be the highest rated game in the NBA's? I'll call it. it this is the post. It is the postseason. So I actually think they fucked up. They should have treated this game. And I get both games are you know three and seven or three thirty and seven. I would have treated Warriors Lakers like an NFL game and gone five thirty. 
because at seven o'clock, at ten o'clock, you're just going to limit. You go, you know, five fifteen first tip. So like, who put the other game on NBA TV or whatever? I, I would have put all my chips in the middle of the table and had this thing the easiest to consume for the country. Yeah. That's where the NBA like. I'm guessing uh, though. I, I mean, it's. I I know. It's I know. I I would I would have pivoted though. I would have made it happen. The NFL would not have done that. And I, I get it. Like, just make it happen. Like, you, but you're you want, sep- yeah. I mean, you'll be able to brag that eight million people watch. Where you just there might be four million people watch, but the audience would have been bigger at five fifteen. Don't you think? Yeah, it definitely would have been bigger. But I just don't know. I don't. I don't even know if you could, from from a television network standpoint, they've got two games that they're promised. Right? You can't move one to NBA. T- Are they both on ESPN or ABC? I'm guessing. Could you go? Noon, two thirty, and five. Yeah, I mean that. Now you're talking. What's the other game? San Antonio, Memphis. Who cares? So where's that? So that game would have been. You could have played that game at four thirty local time. Is that game in San Antonio or Memphis? Or, uh, Memphis. So four. So or five thirty. That's Eastern time zone, right? Um, I think. So you're just limiting yourself by seven o'clock West Coast tip off, right? Yeah, but I mean, think about all the big games the Warriors played during the regular postseasons that were at seven o'clock. Back when they were a big story. True, but I mean, this is—it's been a rough couple years for the NBA. No, I hear you. I just think it. it's probably really hard to actually. I'm not disputing that. I just—I would have Grizzlies moved, fans showing up know, to the arena like, wait, our game's in the third quarter. They—they they changed the tip I, time and nobody told us. I would have tried. Well, for example, guy, I'll give you an example. Today, the I would have done this: Wizard Celtics at six o'clock. I could live with six. Sure, I would have done it as early as possible. I would just imagine all these time slots were already set. I know. Well, we got to adapt. You're saying you would and have played pro- it today instead of Wednesday. Is that your No, I, 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 the day, Tuesday or Wednesday, is kind of irrelevant. Just the time I would have just moved I, it. Be like, we're actually going to move it to Thursday solo game. We're going to do a two-hour pregame. Yeah. Uh, actually, we're going to make it a seven-game series. We've adjusted the, uh, we've adjusted the postseason. <laughs> Playoffs are canceled. We're just going to play like 25 times these two Here's teams. how it's going to work. Yeah. This is like a WGC event. We get to pick the matchups. Yeah. Or I guess maybe WGC they don't pick. It's like a regular golf event. We get to seed the match. We're just playoff start. You made it. And then we go, <laughs> eh, let's go Warriors are the one. Lakers, uh, they were the two. And we're going to build them to each other. Warriors are going to play seven home games in the first round against uh, the Kings. And then, um, yeah, you just, it's the stern way. Probably wouldn't be the Kings, though, in that. If David no, you would involved. need a playoff team. You're right. <laughs> but you want them to win. You want them to advance. Yeah. So, I don't know what you do. All right. Uh, on that note, anything else? God's, uh, I think that's all I got. Just gave everything I had all today. Right. Look for our um, picks on the PGA Championship in a uh, separate YouTube video as well. Thanks for hanging, everybody. Later.